At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. What's up? Dean Thomas here. And thank you for stopping by and having a listen. It's me. I'm back. Episode 10 of my own show. I can't believe it. 10 episodes of Dean's Got Answers. Answers to what? Answers to anything and everything. See, in this show, I'll break down the questions you have about the UFC and provide my answers. And it might not be the answers that you're looking for, but that's not why you're tuning in, right? You want to hear from me, Dean Thomas, UFC vet, coach to the biggest names in the sport, co-star of Dana White looking for a fight, host of the Dean Diaries. I'm an analyst, podcaster, comedian, dog, I can do it all. But I'm going to keep this show simple. Each episode, I'll tackle three questions about the UFC, and I'll give you my take, my opinion, and my answers to each. I'll hit on everything from the fun and wild moments the sport has to offer to the inner workings of the sport. No question is off limits. And by the way, if you have a question for me, just DM me at Dean Thomas. Dean is spelled D-I-N. Oh, and you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to slide up into my Rolodex and holla at a homie for a second opinion. I'll bring on the biggest names in the sport and see if they agree or disagree with me. And today, I'm going to holla at the ninth-ranked welterweight contender, Sean Brady. On this episode, I'll break down and answer the following questions. First, which fighters stood out at UFC 289? Oh, Canada. Second, what the fuck is up with... And I will talk about some crazy moments in the sport, but what the fuck is up with Conor McGregor saying he wants to fight three or four times a year? And does he have the ability to fight that often? Well, he does fight three times a year. We just want to see it in the octagon. And third, how does a fighter bounce back from their first loss? You only get your cherry popped once. And after all that, I am going to rapid fire answer questions from you, the fans. And you can't stump me, boy. So turn up the volume, kick back, and take heed to the words I speak. Let's go. The UFC has continuously put on great pay-per-view cards in 2023. At UFC 289, we witnessed the greatest women's fighter of all time display her dominance once again. But overall, the card did not disappoint. So I'm going to break down and answer which fighters stood out at UFC 289. In the main event, we saw a highly anticipated matchup between Amanda Nunes and Irene Aldana in a fight that may be Nunes' last. Nunes showcased why she's one of a kind. From the first belt to the last, she dominated with stabbing front kicks, jabs, combinations. Okay, 
she did whatever she wanted. With the exception of one right hand in the first round, the fight was pretty lopsided. But in Aldana's defense, she fought tough. She got her ass whooped, but she never stopped coming forward. And after the fight, and to everyone's surprise, Amanda took off her gloves and laid them down next to the two belts. She retired. And rightfully so. There's nothing left for her to accomplish. She's done it all. We should just be lucky enough to have witnessed it with our own eyes. Now looking back at her career and what she's done, it should be no surprise that she retired. And as for Aldana, this is just more evidence that you never know when that moment will be too big for you. It can happen to any fighter at any time. No one is immune to it. But now that she's experienced it, I expect her to bounce back and be even better because of it. She may one day hold the title. And speaking of that title, ladies, it is up for grabs. Now's the time to get in the gym, start focusing on your game, and stake your claim between Arani Aldana, Juliana Pena, Raquel Pennington, and who knows, maybe even a flyweight moving up, Aaron Blanchfield. Anyone is capable. Another fighter who stood out is Charles Oliveira. He had an unreal performance in the co-main event against Benil Dariush. The fight ended just as it got started. But that speaks to the offensive firepower that Charles Oliveira possesses. He got taken down early, eventually got back to his feet, but when he let his hands and feet go, he was just too overwhelming for Benny. This proves one thing about Charles, and I'm not saying that he's the best fighter in the world. I'm not even saying that he's the best lightweight in the world. But what I'm saying is there is not another fighter more equipped with a better offensive arsenal than Charles Oliveira. But even with that offensive firepower, that doesn't mean that he will be able to penetrate through the defense and the brilliant tactical skills of the champion Islam. But I know I can't wait to watch that fight if it happens, and I do believe that is the fight to make. As for Benny, a lot of people might have said it was risky to have won that many fights and take a fight outside of a title fight. But Benny, I applaud you. I commend you. If you want to prove that you are the best in the world, you have to be able to beat everybody. You showed up, you fought, but a better man beat you that night. If you have it left in you to go for another run, give it a shot. You will always have a special place in the heart of fight fans. Outside of the main event and the co-main event, we had some amazing moments in fights. Mike Malott impressed us in front of his Canadian crowd and showed he ain't to be messed with with his win over Adam Fugit. Mike was extremely locked in for this fight, and we noticed because a railing and a few dozen Canadians fell behind him during his walkout, and he didn't even flinch. But he looked tenacious and completely skilled as he dominated Adam in all aspects of the fight. He caught Adam with a guillotine early in the second round. Mike looked amazing, but even more importantly, he looked to be a part of a group of surging welterweights that are coming up that will put welterweights back in the running for one of the UFC's best divisions. So when you look at Mike Malott, Ian Gary, Shavkat Rachmanov, and other prospective welterweights, this is the division to look out for. Right before Malott's victory, Dan Ige showed he's a force to be reckoned with as he took on Nate Landwehr. Now this was another fight that was highly anticipated and delivered. Dan Ige showed that he is constantly evolving and adding tools to his game to be able to compete with the best. As he continues to grow, keep an eye out for his left hook, which is quickly becoming one of the better spectacles to watch for in MMA. And Nate certainly will not lose any steam over this loss. He will always be a fan favorite. 
with his fighting style and personality. As long as he can stay healthy, he'll be around for a long time. He'll make a lot of money and there will be plenty of fun fights for him. Now, this one was definitely my favorite fight of the night and well-deserving of the fight of the night honors. This was an absolute hockey brawl in front of the Canadian fans with both fighters hurting each other and bouncing back in multiple moments of the fight. But I think the difference in the fight was that Mark andre was just a better martial artist. He was cleaner, he was a little quicker, and he was able to get his techniques off first over Anders. But there's no shame to Anders. Every time he fights, is always inspiring. He shows his heart, his determination, and he never stops coming forward. I can appreciate that level of courage in a fight. So which fighters stood out at UFC 289? Amanda, Charles, Mike, Dan, Mark, and I have to include Eric and all the Canadian fighters who went undefeated for the night. Our boy Conor McGregor is one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. That's undeniable. But what the fuck is up with Conor saying he wants to fight three or four times a year? And does he even have the ability to fight that often? One factor is age. Boy, you 34 years old and you ain't even fought in a while. How you just going to pick up, not after fighting for a while, and fight four times in a year? At 34 years old. That's difficult for a 24-year-old to do it against regional-level competition. Forget about UFC-level competition. We are talking the best of the best. It's going to take your body three months just to recover from the beating that your body's going to take in the fight against a high-level guy. And that's if you don't even get a major injury. And at 34 years old, it's worse. You haven't fought since July of 2021. That's almost two years ago. And you're coming off that gruesome leg injury to Dustin Poirier. To rebound from the physical and psychological effects from that couldn't have been easy. And do you think it's going to be any easier if you're fighting Justin Gaethje or Charles Oliveira? Those guys break bones and take souls. You are not rebounding from the likes of those guys in a couple of weeks. But let's look at how many times Conor fought in a year throughout his UFC career. 2013, he fought twice in the UFC. 2014, he fought twice again. In 2015, he fought three times. In 2016, he fought three times. 2017, he didn't even fight. 2018, he fought one time. 2019, didn't fight. 2020, he fought one time. In 2021, he fought twice. And then due to an injury, he's been out since then. So he's fought three times in a year, only twice in his UFC career. And the last time was in 2016. So from 2017 to now... He's fought a total of four times. In the last six years, you fought four times and you expect us to believe that you can fight four times in a year? Come on, son. As the game of MMA continues to evolve, so have the fighters. McGregor isn't the same prime McGregor who became double champ. Maybe he is the same McGregor, but the game is different. Fighters evolve and catch up. Connor can certainly still win at a high level. There's no doubt in my mind about that. After watching him coaching on Tough 31, he has a brilliant mind for fighting. He's still ahead of the curve in the way he thinks. But if you're not putting your thoughts into action and testing it, it's hard to be certain that you'll get the results that you claim. And beside that, unless you intend on jumping around in different weight classes, which I'm sure you're probably willing to do, there's only a handful of guys in the world that even makes sense for you to fight. To hell with you fighting three or four times in a year. The real question is, 
will you ever fight again? You've been teasing us. You've been flirting with the idea of fighting. However, you have not given us any indication that you are serious about actually fighting. Come on, man, don't let us down. So what the fuck is up with Conor McGregor saying he wants to fight three or four times in a year? And does he have the ability to fight that often? Now, Conor is saying this because he is a true martial artist. And at the end of the day, he is a true fighter. But he's also super rich and one of the most famous guys in the world. But I think he misses the days of when he was actually fighting. So saying that he wants to fight three or four times in a year is his way of reliving his glory days of the past. Sometimes it's hard to move on. But I do think we'll see Conor fight again. But it damn sure will not be three or four times in a year. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today losses are a part of the sport of mma you learn from them as much as they hurt although some fighters may respond very well to a loss while some may go on a losing skid the loss that feels arguably the worst is the first loss so i need to answer the question how does a fighter bounce back from their first loss my first loss in the ufc was at ufc 32 against bj penn at the time I was devastated. It was the biggest fight of my career. It was the biggest stage I had ever fought on. And to this day, it might be the most life-changing experience I ever had. But not in a bad way, in a good way. Because it taught me that life goes on. Sometimes we put so much into one moment of our life that we think the world's going to stop spinning. But it doesn't. It keeps going. And just knowing that, take the pressure off of any one moment in your life and allow you to be free to do great things. So after that fight, I bounced back. I picked up a win at UFC 33 on my birthday against Fabiano Iha. And here's a fun fact. It was also the very first sanctioned MMA fight in Las Vegas history. And that loss allowed me to make one of my funniest comedy bits ever, which you can also watch on Fight Pass on Adam Hunter's Comedy Jam. To further answer this question, how does a fighter bounce back from their first loss? I'm going to holler at a homie. Pleased to welcome the ninth-ranked welterweight contender, Sean Brady. And now joining me, it gives me great pleasure, one of the hottest prospects in the game, surging welterweight, ranked number nine currently, getting ready for a big fight, taking some time away from his training camp to talk to me. Sean Brady, what's poppin'? What's going on, brother? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long, long, hard camp. So today's like my my easier day. I got uh, I got some special guy coming in Sunday. That's usually my rest day, but I'll be working with him. So uh, 
Nah, man, it's everything's good, bro. Today's uh, a lighter day, so I'm just I'm resting up and getting ready for the rest of the week. So it's all good. I love it. I absolutely love it. So on this episode, we were talking about taking that first loss and how do we bounce back from that and what it's like actually being undefeated. So you right now are kind of the poster boy for that because uh, you were undefeated up until just your last fight. So you kind of have some fresh memories on this. So um, before we get into the overall theme of that, let's just talk about that last fight. What was that like going into that fight, the mentality going in and then taking that loss? Yeah, so, and even before, so obviously I was 15 and 0, and then I was undefeated as uh, as an amateur too. So I had 20 plus fights where I've never lost, you know, like obviously you have a hard, you have hard rounds in the gym, but I never knew what it was like to, to lose. And I truly thought I was going to retire undefeated, you know, but um, it almost came to a point where I was fighting not to win. I was just fighting not to lose, if that makes sense. Like I had so much pressure. I felt of staying undefeated. Like I couldn't be who I'm meant to be in this sport. Like I didn't want to take chances. I didn't want to take risks. And then going back to Abu Dhabi, there was no excuses. Like I had a great training camp. I went out there and I mentally just, uh, I mentally shit the bed, you know, in the fight. I was doing a lot better than I thought I was. And uh, in my mind, even that week, like, I kept having like weird dreams that I was losing the fight. And I'm like, man, like, this is fucking weird. I couldn't spin it back. And then uh, we got out there and I just kind of quit on myself, I guess. Not that I quit on myself, but I just didn't do what I needed to do to stay in, in the fight. Like, so afterwards, I came home. I did a lot of self-reflection. I got uh, I got a mental coach, and I just kind of like thought about it a lot. And I think it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it took me, it got me out of my comfort zone. I started working with all kinds of different people. I would usually not train because even in training, like I was so worried about getting hurt. I only wanted to go with certain guys because I didn't want to get hurt and then not make it to the fight. And now. I'm training with fucking influxes of Russians and pro boxers and wrestlers. And I just got back to being a true, I've always been a martial artist, but um, I got so focused on just not losing my record that it kind of, I kind of got away from who I was. And now I've just been, I got black eyes and I've just been getting it and training and training hard and um, just getting back to learning. And I'm just excited to get back in there and really fight and fight to finish this guy and fight to hurt him instead of just fighting to to get a decision. Going back to that fight, is there anything you would have done differently in that fight? Pressure, pressure. I should have been pressuring him forward. Like, I know I can take down anybody in the world. I went back, I watched the fight. I didn't commit to takedowns. I took bullshit takedowns. I took bullshit shots. Yeah, like I just, I should have been going forward more and not backing up. And I should have put more pressure to get a takedown. And not even that, like I think the first round, like I was winning the exchanges. I should have just stayed on that. And I should have just believed in what I was doing. You know, I, in the moment I was like, damn, like I'm, I'm losing. And then I went back and I watched it and I'm like, I was doing good. Like I was doing all the things I kind of worked on besides I was going back a little bit more than I wanted to, but I thought like, it was going bad and then I never got to turn it back you know like once it was going bad everything was going bad and I just fucking I lost control of my mind not physically but in my mind I just I just lost control and um I couldn't get my hands back on the wheel so now sitting where you're at right now you're looking back and saying, okay this loss was actually a good thing but when did it actually hit you did you realize that the loss was good for you 
the second that it happened, like immediately, because like, I just felt like this sense of relief. And I'm like, no, I don't have a huge name, but like I have a, like a decent following and like people like, and everyone knows me, they're like, oh, he's undefeated. And every single fight I'd go out there and everyone's just like, I'm going to beat whoever I'm fighting. There's no question. Like I'm always going to be undefeated. And um, eventually that got to me and I'm like, I almost feel like I had to hold that standard of being undefeated forever. And there was just another pressure on top of fighting. And as soon as I lost, I'm like, fuck, like, I could take a breath, you know? I took a big breath and yeah, obviously losing fucking sucks, but uh, the world doesn't end. Like in my mind, if I lost a fight, no, I'd have no friends, my life would be over, everyone would hate me. And it's not like that. Like it's a sport, you're going to lose. And I think I needed to feel that because I'd never lost before in this sport. So I never knew how much more like, the wins, like the wins are great, but every time I win a fight, I'd go back and I'd be like, all right, like I just want to train and train and try to get better. And I never actually enjoyed the win. Now I'm like, damn, I lost. Now when I do get that fucking win, I'm gonna enjoy, I'm gonna soak in everything because you ain't always gonna win. And that's kind of how I thought for a while. I was always just gonna win, and I took those those moments for granted. And I'll never do that again. You know, I've actually. In the 30 years I've been doing this, never heard somebody say that or even thought about that concept of not enjoying the win when you win. Yeah. Taking that for granted. I've never even considered yeah. that a possibility yeah. because I just assume that everybody enjoys the win. For me, dude, I'd be on the plane watching my fight back, critiquing myself, um, saying what I'm going to work on as soon as I get home. I got, I'd get home. I'd start training again and there's nothing wrong with that but like i became like so robotic with it like uh my wife would be like dude like you just did a 12 or a 10 week training camp and you won't go eat a fucking slice of pizza with me because you're a psychopath which that's a good it makes me who i am but i also need to like know that fighting is just a part of my life it's not who i am and i think like knowing that like i can almost i like, take a step back and just like and take a breath and like this is what i do and i'm great at it and i just have to believe in that and not like every second of my life doesn't have to be consumed by fighting i'm so good and i just have to believe in myself and like i said really enjoy those wins when they come because before i'd have people people eating afterwards and i'd be like oh i don't want to eat i don't want to do this literally right after i fought i was just like trying to get back in the gym and i'm like man like you could get hit by a fucking bus when you leave and never enjoyed and i don't want to look back and be mad at myself for not enjoying all the hard work i do because i've been fucking working my dick off for a long time to get here and i want to i want to enjoy those wins you know so i'm looking forward to enjoying this one after july 8th that's for sure i love that so let's talk about that you're fighting jack della madalena obviously another tough surging welterweight yeah what are your expectations for this fight how do you see this thing going a little bit if you look at it on paper jack's a great striker i'm a great grappler it's gonna be striker versus grappler um but i know that's not what it is i know jack can grapple i know jack and jack can do a lot of good things but i also know i can do a lot of good things i, I can strike i can um i can do everything you know jack's a great boxer I think I have really good kickboxing and uh, yeah, it's just an exciting fight. Like like you just said, everyone, as soon as you get to this point, everybody's good. Like before this, before I got hurt, I was matched up with Michelle Pereira. 
that's a wild, dangerous fight. You know, everyone's good. Everybody's dangerous. So they're all going to be hard fights. But um, I definitely see myself. I can. I see myself winning this fight, and I see myself. I can win this fight a lot easier than I think people are going to think. As long as I do what I've been doing for the last six weeks, and then for the next three weeks, as long as I keep to my plan, I think I'm going to uh, shock a lot of people. Not shock people I know, but people on the outside who don't know how good I am. I think they'll be be surprised. So I was thinking about this earlier today. You know, welterweight has always been a strong division in the UFC, going back to George St. Pierre, long list of like top welterweights. But then we've seen lightweight and bantamweight kind of take over for a while. But right now it looks like with guys like you, Ian Gary, and some other welterweights coming up, that welterweight is right back to where it used to be. So I'm going to let's play a little name association. I'm uh, going to throw out some names, and I want you to just give me a, a brief thought on these guys. Okay. So let's let's start with Ian Gary. He he proved his uh, he proved what he says he is. Like after beating D Rod, D Rod's good, and D Rod's fought a lot of good guys, and uh, I think Ian's good. And for him to take the fight against Jeff Neal, he's got to believe in himself a lot. So fuck if he can pass Jeff Neal, he's got all the star power. He's saying so. Props to Ian for taking that fight. He's good. He's good. Okay, Shavkat Rachmanov. A motherfucker. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> if you, like, people, you talk about bantamweight and people talk about lightweight. If you look at 170 from 15 to 1, like, it's literally nothing but, but killers. And then even outside of the top 15, like, we have guys that could all be in there. But, yeah, Shavkat's a beast. Uh, I don't know what's next for him, but I'm sure he's one fight away from a title shot. So I think he's one of the best guys in the division for sure. And then lastly, let's talk about Mike Malat. Mike's good. I remember watching Mike fight for CFFC and uh, he knocked out a kid. I forget his name, but he knocked his kid out. And right before that, he was actually hurt. So for him to come back and then for him to get that win, and it looks like he's got he's got good hands, but he's got really like sneaky jujitsu. The way he hit that like high elbow, uh, Guillotine. I seen Gordon Ryan explain it. it. It was sneaky. So, and look at that. He's not in the top fifteen. So it's fucking. It's. I think it's the best division in the UFC personally. But I'm biased. Yeah, I mean, we always kind of think that, but I, I can tell you that it always has been. But uh, those yeah. other divisions kind of came up in the last year or two. Yeah, but for like sure. right now, I'm. But it just happens. They clearing themselves out yeah. and then it comes back. Yeah. But I see right now the Walter weights are coming back. And it's For because sure. of guys like you and these other names that I just mentioned. But anything yeah. else got you got going on for 2023? Man, I got this fight. I just got married. I'm going on my honeymoon after my fight. So I'll get to enjoy that. And then uh, I heard a little birdie talking about they're, they're coming to Atlantic City in like November area. So I, I'm a staple in Atlantic. Listen, it was Philly or Atlantic City for me coming up. So if I get on an Atlantic City card... That'd be awesome. But now, uh, three weeks from now, that's my only task on my mind right now. So that's all I'm thinking about. Well, best of luck to you, Sean. I appreciate you coming on and dropping some knowledge. You are the man. And I'm going to see you in a couple days, homeboy. I'll see you on Sunday, my dude. Thank you so much for having me, Dean. You are the man. All right, man. Peace. All right, brother. Peace. Thank you, Sean Brady. You are a true G. And best of luck in your fight coming up. But how does a fighter bounce back from their first loss? First, you got to pick yourself up and remain confident in your ability. You have to realize that life does not end there. It can actually relieve a ton of pressure off you 
and allow you to move forward and be even better than you were before. So never allow the first loss to get you down. To close out this episode, I ask for questions, questions about anything, UFC or not. And I'm going to answer these rapid style. And this one comes from gdenise.96. Do you think champions benefit from smaller gyms and camps as opposed to big gyms? Well, G. Denise, it's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. Your girl can attest to that. Now, this one comes from Oi Boy FS. What would it take for a commission to approve Muay Thai with four ounce gloves in the U.S.? Probably about $50,000. I got the hookup. Let me know. And this comes from Billy31779. Who has hit you the hardest and you can't say your mom? Of course, it wasn't my mom. It was your mom. And this comes from Bobby Wincott Photography. What is your behind the scenes relationship like with Stephen A. Smith? That's my boy, dog. You know what I'm saying, man? We kick it all the time. This one comes from Donovan Tarr. The one MMA loss that keeps you awake at night, the one that you want back and why? Kauno. I should have won that fight. They took a bogus point. I think that was UFC 39. This one comes from Manny Huerta. What does Charles Oliveira do differently to get the W against Islam the second time around? Hopefully his hair. This one comes from Andrea D'Almeida. How much did you love being back in Canada for UFC 289? And what was your favorite fight of the night? My favorite fight of the night was the Canadians against that guardrail. The guardrail won. What's your question to be on the next show? Be on the lookout as I post on my Instagram at Dean Thomas where I'll ask you to submit a question before the next episode. On this episode, you got my answers to these three questions. One, which fighters stood out at UFC 289? Two, what the fuck is up with Conor McGregor saying he wants to fight three or four times in a year? And does he have the ability to fight that often? And three, how does a fighter bounce back from their first loss? And as a special bonus, I answered your guys' fan questions, so keep them coming. Thanks for listening to Dean's Got Answers. We will be back in the near future with a new episode. But be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dean Thomas. Dean is spelled D-I-N. Leave a rating and a review for the podcast. Tune in next time as I'll have the answers for everything going on in the UFC. Those are my answers. And if you have any questions, be sure to hit me up. I'm going to see y'all around. Peace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.